everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both the Loch Ness Monster. And honestly, we're a little upset that we got a lot of heat this week. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? Um, Lots of things are good. Just right off the top, um, I want to give a shout out to my boss, Mark. Um, He... Mentioned me on the Death Care Decoded podcast. He was a guest star with my other coworker Ebony. Um, it's a podcast that kind of just talks about the death care industry and all different things that go on in it. And he was a a guest mentioned me, and I told him since now he knows about the podcast that I'd give him a shout out on my podcast. And he said eye for an eye. So shout out to Mark. His hobbies include yoga, cycling. Um, battling for social justice equality, and also according to, like, if I had to take a guess off of his YouTube, I would say he likes 90s basketball players and ambient sound. (laughs) Shout out, Mark. (laughs) I wanted to do it early because I figured he didn't want to listen to an hour of us talking about Twilight, so you can tune out now, Mark. I'm going to send it to him, so. (laughs) Nice having you, Mark. (laughs) What else is new in your life? Um, I want Stephanie to eat her frickin' heart out. Um, it's pomegranate season, baby, so I have just been living in pomegranate heaven. It's been good. She's been eating Bella's pussy. I hate that I said that. I want to take it back. (laughs) I don't want my name associated with that. (laughs) Oh, I'm grossed out by myself. I am really hoping that Mark is not listening anymore. Well, if he was, he turned it off right after that. That's <laughs> so, probably fair. <laughs> definitely lost him by now. Um, so we got our first, like, real snow here um, last night. I don't know if it snowed up where you were, Paige. It, it wasn't, like, a lot, but it was enough that I had to scrape my car this morning before I went to work, which was annoying. But I guess it's that time of year. It kind of came up on me fast. Like, the other day I was walking from the gym to my car which is like across a street where I park and it kind of struck me that I was like I need to start wearing a winter jacket because I'm cold (laughs) like I hadn't yet you know I have my jackets hanging up right by the door and every morning I don't even think about it it just like I you you forget or you don't think to put a jacket on and then you step out the front door and you're like oh this was a mistake I locked the door behind me and I don't want to go back in I guess I'll just suffer exactly um Other than that, American Thanksgiving is coming up, and I'm excited. I get two Thanksgivings on one day and another the next day, so I'm pumped. On Monday? No, two on Thursday, then one on Friday. For some reason, when you said Thursday, the audio sounded like Monday. I don't know why. It was weird. Oh, two Thanksgivings on one day and another the next day. I see. Okay, I get it. What what's the third? Remy's. <laughs> I go every year. <laughs> for oh, uh, for like Black Friday. Yeah. Well, they don't always have it on Black Friday. Normally it's the day of, but I think Camille's working. It's like at her mom's, like that, like their family one. That'll be fun. Yeah, do you get to eat anything good? I know you're working. On Thursday, actual Thanksgiving Day, we have that day off. Um, and I'm not on call that day, so I'm going to drive home for the day and have food and then drive back because I have to work the next day. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't know that. For some reason, I thought you were working Thanksgiving. Maybe it's Christmas? I'm working Thanksgiving, like, the weekend following, and yes, I am working on Christmas. Okay, yeah. Anyways, for all our American listeners, um, when when y'all hear this, it'll be like two days before. So happy Thanksgiving from us to you. Happy Thanksgiving, Columbus was a murderer. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. Should we hit a recommendations corner? Should I go first? I Actually, I'm going to go first because I already kind of hit it. My recommendation is pomegranates. They are so good right now. And, like, honestly, you can really only get them. Like, there's a whole stand of them at the grocery store. So you can't miss them. They're the best they're going to be all year. And it's only for, like, a month. So you have to take advantage now while you can. All right, I'm about to sound like a dumb bitch yet again. Do you cut it open and then just, like, eat the seeds? Like, how does this work? I've never bought one. 
So I'm new to the pomegranate eating business. My old roommate, Liddy, really introduced it to me. Um, but what I do is I cut it in half and then I like rip it open like an ape um, and then put all the seeds in a bowl. I'm sure there's a better way to do it. You could probably like scoop it and stuff. She would cut it in half and then take a wooden spoon and hit like the rind side and in a big, huge bowl and all the seeds would fall out into the bowl. Um Danny likes to soak his in cold water and then pop the seeds out because um, I guess they like the cold water pushes them out. I don't know. But I've just been tearing mine apart like an ape. <laughs> so you only eat the seeds? There's not like flesh or anything? I mean, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily the seeds. The seeds are like surrounded by flesh. Like they're like juicy, juicy skin. It's like almost like a grape with like an edible crunchy seed inside. It's like this like burst of fruit juice goodness and then like a crunchy interior. That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think I had pomegranate seeds once at like one of the Jewish feasts because that's like one of their things, but I can't really remember. There's so much to eat at those things. I get overwhelmed in a good way. I Every time you talk about Jewish feasts, it literally makes me think of our eighth grade Seder meal. It's like that, but better. And no awkward feet washing. By your literal boyfriend's mom. <laughs> um, my recommendations corner this week is food related, but it's actually a tip slash life hack. I did not know that this was a tip or life hack until recently when someone was like, oh, I can't believe you do it that way. That's so smart. Broccoli. I Speaking of tearing things like an ape, I just ripped that shit right off the stalk. I don't have time to chop it. And then once I rip it right off the stalk, I rip it into little pieces with my hands like a caveman. That's it. <laughs> so are you recommending tearing into it like an ape? Yes. And then I put it in a strainer and then I wash it. But I guess people chop their broccoli, which is wild to me. The Lord God herself literally gave you tools to to do your broccoli mutilation. You have tools built in. Don't dirty a cutting board. Don't dirty a knife. I hate that you said mutilation. <laughs> uh, I have broccoli in the fridge right now. Broccoli is my number two favorite vegetable, um, right behind zucchini. I, For some reason, I almost said Zachariah. I... <laughs> that too. He's a good vegetable. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, do we have anything else we got to go over? I feel like we're just in the thick of it, TM. Um, for anyone who might be wondering if we're going to take time off for American Thanksgiving, we are not. We are just going to keep plugging and chugging because my ass has to work like normal most of the week. So you know how it be. Yeah, a hoe got to work. And that hoe is both of us. Yep. Somebody got to pay these bills. It's not going to be Malcolm. <laughs> Tina doesn't even know how to pronounce the word Bill. <laughs> Malcolm doesn't even speak English. <laughs> Hi, my name's Malcolm. I never learned how to fucking read. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. This week we read chapters 22 and 23 of Breaking Dawn. Let's hear what you got, Paige. So for the first chapter, Promised, I think I was right in some of my guesses, or at least some of my thoughts from last week. Um, I I did think it was either going to go really poorly or really well with Renesmee, and it seemed like it went really well, you know, aside from the whole um, imprinting situation. And I don't know, I as, as opposed to this whole baby thing that I know we both are, it was kind of a pleasant read to see that just that relationship between Renesmee and Bella, I'm very happy for her that she gets to experience this happiness and she is just thrilled and like her life is as good as it can be. She's able to be with her daughter and it's not any kind of strain. Like no one has to worry. It's weird to think like the Bella from fucking Eclipse is the same Bella that we're reading now. It does feel like a very different vibe, but I am happy for her that she's happy. The growing baby thing is weird. I really, I don't, I don't trust Renesmee. I know she's, I know she's fine, but I don't trust her. 
I will say, though, that her superpowers, girl would be, she's going to grow up and she's going to be the best gossiper ever because she can just be like, you want to know what she said about you? Look. And then she touches someone's face and it's like, you see exactly what happened. I'm, I I love her power. It's super interesting, especially coming from the point of view of a baby. Like they have no way to communicate. So it's a great way to communicate. I'm interested how it will be beneficial when she is able to talk and communicate in a way that isn't the memories. I mean, assuming that she does, I'm just interested to see how this, this gift expands as she grows. Why did Jacob respond? I, Bella's upset that he imprinted and he's like, I can share her. I can share. She's not yours to share. What? She's three days old. You do not get to say she's yours now. It was very, uh, I didn't like reading that. So that was gross. I I re-listened to recently to my predictions on if Bella, how Bella was going to react to finding out that Jacob imprinted. And I was like, I think she's really going to like it. I think she's going to be pro. I was wrong. I was wrong about that one. Um, I'm glad she did. She was a little more upset because I think it would have been unrealistic to read her as like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that it turned out this way. This totally makes sense to me. I'm super thrilled about it. So yeah, that was, I, you know, that was that. And then we get a look a little bit more into Bella's superpowers. And I think I also kind of like, I got kind of got it right a little bit, at least where we're going in the conversation, that perhaps it's her willpower, her her desire to want to, Carlisle said the word manifest things. And, you know, she has this stubbornness to her that, you know, what she sets her mind to, she's going to make, she's going to make it happen. And even Bella's like, I don't know if that's really a superpower, but sure, whatever. So we'll see, we'll see if that expands anymore. I'm interested to learn more. And then finally, Bella gets everything that she's ever hoped and dreamed. She never has to age another day ever again in her entire life. Happy birthday, Bella. It's Virgo season, baby. Thank you for that um, wonderful synopsis of your thoughts. I love the idea that Bella was like one of the first, you know, those Instagram girlies who are like manifest the things you want and they're always journaling. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, listen, no shade, no shade to y'all. I wish, I wish I could do that kind of shit. I can't. Um, but this occurred to me while you were talking and it's, I'm kind of surprised it didn't occur to me while we were reading these chapters, but you want to know what I think? Yes. Why the fuck hasn't anyone said sorry slash thank you to Bella? Because when you're talking about their her relationship with Renesmee, I'm like, yeah, Renesmee should like her the best because she's the only reason she exists. Like, literally everyone else was like, abort that baby. And Bella hung in there and endured intense pain for weeks. I mean, not months, but still weeks. To get this baby to its life. And everyone is clearly obsessed with her. Like, everyone is being very protective over her. And yet, not one person has been like, sorry, Bella. I was wrong. It just is ludicrous to me. It's ludicrous to me. And... Just like the the clearly, like you said, everyone is obsessed with this baby. And I'm like, where was this about 40 pages ago? Alice was literally like in the fucking attic. Like your mom's giving me a fucking headache right now. I got to go take a nap. OK, like you, where was all of this love and support just just weeks ago? You know? Yes. And honestly, I know I brought it up several times now. I don't really care. I'm going to bring it up again. Jacob saying, throw it out the window, lives rent-free in my brain. (laughs) I, you know, Bella really had no idea. This whole time leading up, she's like, I don't understand how Jacob can stand her. So I I just, is he okay? Is he okay being up there with her? Like, why is he protecting her? And then when it all clicks, when it all finally clicks, 
it's like it's like that scene in SpongeBob where everyone is setting the the memory on fire. Every everything in her brain is on fucking fire right now. Yeah, I honestly was like a little bit surprised that it took her so long to figure it out, but I feel like Steph just wanted to play up the drama. That is the the Steph sort of way. I do have one other thought that just I'm sure this is not important and no one else noticed this, but it really peeved me off. There's one point. Everyone is, first of all, everyone is calling this baby Nessie. Like everyone is correcting themselves afterwards. I don't care for the nickname. I'm sorry. It's not good. And Jacob, I believe it's Jacob, makes a point to say like, yeah, we've been calling her Nessie because, because of the mouthful that you decided to name her. And I'm like, are we just not going to take into consideration that Renesme and Rosalie are the same amount of syllables? And also the assonance that's in Renesme, you don't have to say any other vowel sounds. It's all eh. It's the same sound. Rosalie has three different vowel sounds. To me, if you analyze it, Rosalie's a bigger mouthful than Renesme. But I you know what, it might just be the soapbox that I want to stand on. I mean, that's fine if you want to stand on that soapbox. I will offer up that they frequently call her Rose. Yet, what could they call Renesme? That's a fair point. They could call her Nez. They could call her Nez. They could call her Ren. I love Ren. I think that's a really cute name. I love that. I, I love the name Ren just in general, like after the bird. I think that's a really nice name. Nessie, not so much. I like Ren too, but it's not how her name is said. Because it's Ra-Nesme. Fair. That's fair. But think about this. Richard, the nickname for Richard is Dick. And that's not the same. That's That's so true. I feel like the lesson here is when you're thinking of what to name your child, think of something that is okay shortened. Think of something that's a name. <laughs> that's a good place to start. <laughs> okay, let's jump in. So as we left off in the last chapter, Bella and Edward were about to have sex, but decided they wanted to see, wanted to see their kid just a little bit more. Not much, but a little bit. So as they're going back to the house to do so, Edward is kind of telling Bella all about Renesme and kind of her physical characteristics and what's been going on with her. I was curious what you thought about kind of like her mix of like vampire parts and human parts. I just don't really know what to make of it. I'm still like, I is there going to be any more, any further explanation or is this kind of it? What do you mean by further explanation? I just like I I just don't really understand what she is. Like is she classified as a human? Is she classified as a vampire? I mean, I guess I mean she's drinking blood and she's getting sustenance out of that. So does that mean that she's more vampire than human? I just I I like that there is this both maternal and paternal side that you can really see that she's getting things both physically and like characteristic, I guess, wise um, from the mom and the dad. I think that's nice to see a, a mix of both Edward and Bella. I just want to, I just want to understand what the heck is going on with her. I feel like you might learn more. Okay. Okay. Um, you kind of already spoke about, your thoughts on her gift, which we'll go a little bit deeper into when we actually meet her. But when they show up at the house, Jacob is there because he's extremely anxious that Bella's going to kill the baby when she first meets her. And one quick thing that I wanted to point out, um, Bella notices that Seth and Leah are there protecting Jacob in their wolf form, wolf forms. And I just know that Leah is fucking disgusted by this imprinting. I just I would pay money to hear about what she was thinking when this went down. This would be a comedy central roast. She would lay into him. Absolutely. I've said it once in this pod, and I'm going to say it again. But I will say that this 
is going to be the most quintessential disgusted. She was disgusted at it. You know she was. I really want someone, one of our listeners, to just write, like, a little, like, half chapter of her, like, talking to Seth about it or something, because I would live for that comedy. And I feel like Seth, too, like, while he would be supportive of his vampire friends and also of Jacob, he, I don't think he would completely understand it at all. Um... But I think he would he would at least try because he doesn't really have any animosity at all towards the vampires. So like like the vampire wolf thing probably wouldn't weird him out. However, the newborn baby of it all might weird him out. Um, I don't think Seth has any animosity towards anything ever. So I feel like he'd be chill with it. I think you're 100% right. You can see this given the fact that he literally just falls asleep in the middle of like an argument in this chapter. Mood. Okay, so the whole time Bella's talking to Jacob, she's just kind of flabbergasted as to why, like, he seems so concerned. Like, at first she thinks it's, like, him trying to be a good friend so that she won't, like, be sad if she hurts her own baby. But then she's like, well, that seems kind of intense. Um, But it turns out Jacob's not really a good test subject for Bella's self-control because... His blood is smells very repellent to her. I, for a moment, I thought that they weren't going to talk about that because Bella shows up and she's worried that, like, she's going to be tempted by Jacob. And, like, there was no mention of the, the werewolf smelling gross to the vampires thing. And I was like, I was going to make a note of it to say, like, all of fucking New Moon, Alice is like, talking about how stinky Jacob is. And I'm like, where is this now? But she got to it. She just took her sweet time. Yeah, and I hate that. This is not really that related, but I hate that Bella picked up the slurs that everybody else uses for Jacob later on when she's yelling at him about the imprinting. Yeah, it came very easily to to a character who seems like that would not come out of their mouth. Yeah. Seems a little weird. A little question mark, a little suspicious, if you ask me. Sounds like there might be a biased author involved. I second that opinion. Um, okay, so eventually Edward puts his foot down and he's like, okay, Bella gets to meet our daughter, let's go. So they go in and... I, my note for this when they when Stephanie describes what Renesmee looks like was once again alien baby like I'm sorry I'd be freaked out that that thing came out of me like why is it growing so fast to me it reminds me a lot it this is one of my pet peeves in movies when and I get it I get like the Hollywood of it all but like when a woman has just given birth and then they show the baby and it's very clearly not a newborn baby it's like a couple months old I'm like okay you push that out of you sure that's believable totally yeah it's like that on steroids it's like that but the baby has a full set of fucking dentures (laughs) yes I love that she brought up those teeth again so creepy now, to you, I, I I can't remember if it's mentioned or not in the chapter. The fact that I'm asking makes me think that it's not. Do you think that her teeth are human-shaped or they're pointy? I feel like she says at one point. Let me, hold up. In my mind, I'm picturing human teeth. I'm not picturing pointy. Her square little teeth. Yep. I don't know which I would have wanted more. Yeah, I almost feel like vampire teeth on a baby would be kind of kitschy. Yeah, I think I'd like it more. I think the adult teeth would be too uncanny valley. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, okay, so everyone's being real up Bella's butt about this whole thing. And like, just it's very clear. I forget who says it. I think Edward, when they're walking back to the house, says that Renesmee has all of them wrapped around her finger. And it's very clear that that's true because literally everyone is like, 
at like every single thing that Bella does. So it's annoying. There's a part in particular, I can't wait for us to get to it, because I read it and I was trying to picture how it went, like realistically in my head, and it, I just can't picture it. Okay, I don't know what you're referencing, so let me know when we're there. Um, Alice is the only one who is like, Bella's got it. To which I'm like, I thought you couldn't see the baby. The math ain't mathin'. I'm picturing what Alice is seeing is, like, Bella holding just an invisible shape. So, like, she can see all of Bella's future and just it involves some invisible creature in the, in the vision. That's really funny. You know what that reminds me of? Did you ever see that Black Mirror episode, White Christmas? I I only watched, like, a season and a half of Black Mirror. Okay. You probably didn't see this one, though, but it was it's my favorite one. But long story short, like the technology that's featured in the episode is like you can like blur faces out. I can't remember exactly how it works. It's been forever since I've seen it. But like you can basically block someone, quote unquote, but in real life. So they can't see you. And if you see them, it's just like pixels. Um. And so there's a baby in that episode that's pixelated out. And that's what I'm picturing. It's very funny. Just someone blocked the baby, lol. <laughs> There's a, it's, you should watch it, because the twist, I, I still remember to this day watching it for the first time in my college dorm room late at night, and I, it was like on a Tuesday, so it was late, and when the twist came, I literally screamed out loud, and I was like, oh no, someone probably heard that. Was this in the haunted dorm? It was, yeah. Maybe they thought it was for something else. I hope so. (laughs) Okay. Edward tells a story of what Bella did on the hunt, and everyone is shook by it. Jasper especially is, like, kind of mad, and then later he storms out, which I feel a little bit bad about, but we'll talk about it when we get to it. I This is super short and not important, but... On the, in the middle of page 440, um, there's a sentence that I believe, I guess it could be Edward, it might be Alice, I think it's Edward, but he says, Jazz, M, let us through, Bella's got this. And when I was reading that line, my brain read Jasm, like, like, Jasm up. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I had to do like a mental double take, like, what are these words? Why are we saying this? Honestly, like jazz of better than shortening the name Jasper to jazz. I hate it so much. It's it's giving Disney Channel star. Yeah, and all yes. And also you don't need to shorten a name that's two syllables, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, finally, finally, Bella gets to hold her own child, and right away. Renesmee pulls the trigger on her gift, which is she can touch people and show them whatever she wants, like her thoughts or whatever. Um, Obviously, she doesn't have that much control over it yet. Alien baby. But it's clear she has some kind of like knowledge of what she wants to share because she shows Bella herself. She shows Bella Bella and basically to prove that she knows who she is. Here's my fucking thing. And there will be a very, in my opinion, very weak explanation provided for this soon. Why does this power work on Bella? I I think it's because it's like something she's, Im- she's imagining in her head. Yeah, but the whole discussion around which powers work on Bella is like the ones, her mind is her own. Like, she... Her mind is protected from vampire powers because Jane's thing is mental. It's not physical, even though it feels physical. It just makes you think that you're feeling pain. Arrow's thing is mental. Edward's thing is mental. Jasper's is body because it's like literally chemicals in the body. Alice's is not mental. It's just like all these other factors. Explain that to me. That's a good question. I, you know, 
I know that I know that these books really stand up in terms of um, no plot holes. N- everything is very well explained. So I'm sure that you are really upset about the fact that th- there is a question mark about this one single thing. Um, but I think if you take the logistics of everything as a whole, you can over you can consider this an oversight. You can see past it and see the factual truth that lies in these books. You did not have to come for my throat like that. I'm not coming for your throat. I'm coming for Stephanie's abilities. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, you'll get the shit-ass explanation. I think probably in the next chapter, or maybe the following. But anyways. Can I, can I predict what it is? Yeah. Bella's heart grew two sizes bigger, and she can allow this to happen because there's room in her heart and in her, she has this connection with the baby. She grew it herself. So she's allowed to feel things that the baby has for her because it's part of her. Well, you nailed that. You're a prophet. Really? No. (laughs) I thought, I thought it was a pretty good explanation. (laughs) I'm glad you thought so. Okay. Okay, so basically right after that is when the final puzzle piece clicks into place for Bella and she realizes that Jacob has imprinted on her daughter. And I do like, I mean, I don't like that she took it to, you know, a racist place, like we said earlier. Obviously, big thumbs down to that. But I do like some of the stuff that she yells at him. One line in particular, I've held her all of one time. I was like, and not even really, because she explains earlier that even when she's holding her earlier, Jacob still has an arm on the baby, which is creepy to me. That was the thing that I couldn't explain. When she's holding her, Jacob is also holding the baby. And then she has this memory of drinking blood and everyone freaks out and the baby is taken from her arms. And I'm like, how is this pot? Like, how? First of all, how are we holding two at one time? Second of all, this poor baby is being jostled here and there at breakneck speeds by all of these supernatural beings. Its baby bones can't withstand this. She's probably made of cartilage at this point. Like, let's be more gentle with the baby. <laughs> I would say she's made of cartilage, except she has a full set of teeth. So I don't know. Now that's a good point. Okay, so they kind of go back and forth. Bella's actually holding it together a lot better than, apparently, than the audience expects. And by the audience, I mean the rest of the colons. But what finally makes her snap is when she finds out that Jacob has given Renesmee the nickname Nessie. And then she lunges for his throat. And that's the end of the chapter. Um, One thing that I did want to point out about this little quote-unquote fight I had to laugh on page 450. Where is it? Oh, Esme, it's towards the top, or kind of middle, actually. Esme says, stop her, Edward. She'll be unhappy if she hurts him. And then Bella says, but I felt no pursuit behind me. I love that Edward's like, I'm going to sit this one out. (laughs) He knows... Because I'm pretty sure that Edward is not on Jacob's side in this. Like, I feel like Edward is also anti this as well. And so he's like, you know what? If my wife takes out my mortal enemy, then so be it. Then I guess that's not my problem. Yeah, totally. We did have someone message us, one of our patrons, actually. And I wanted to pull it up really quick. Our patron known as King's Gambit let us know. They said, just a quick note for the latest episodes, the quote-unquote sides that Edward and Carlisle are talking about was Jacob versus Rosalie. They were both trying to monopolize Renesmee, lol. So when Bella's, like, being transformed, I guess that's what's being talked about. I mean, I figured, but it was, like, kind of confusing. I don't know. That's hilarious to me. I, I can't get over that. I also, one thing that I wanted to bring up in this chapter, which kind of goes along with that, is that, I mean, my my mind, my thoughts can be suspended in belief because of how outrageous these books are. But it is so hard for me to, like, 
just read anthropologically speaking that this baby has been like sitting with and spending all this time with Rosalie and Jacob, neither of which are her parents. And like, she's loved and cared for. So it's not a huge deal. But like, when a baby is newborn, it should be like getting those touch feels and those smells off of their like, like primary caregivers so that it helps bond. Now this baby is a freak. So it probably doesn't have the normal like human baby things going on with it. But I was just reading it. And I was like, let it just lay on Bella. Just let it let her just smell Bella. Let her just be there a little bit. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. And then that also made me think like, I'm kind of glad the baby drinks blood because she couldn't breastfeed but then I'm like what would that even be like because she bit Bella when she was fresh out but with her square teeth it would be painful is what it would be I'm confused (laughs) oh lord okay did you have anything else from that first chapter no we hit it all okay cool so there's no there's only a little passage of time in between the this chapter and the next um what happened was seth jumped in front of jacob in wolf form right as bella lunged for him so i think yeah bella accidentally broke seth's shoulder and collarbone but he's a werewolf so he's healing very quickly um i did think it was extremely lazy of stephanie meyer here to just offhandedly note that vampire venom is poisonous to werewolves i'm like you didn't you couldn't have told us that two three books ago i don't understand i don't understand how that didn't come up in the fucking fight between the newborns like that should have been the very first thing jasper should have said like don't let them bite you you'll die right like it's so weird to me and it just like i just don't really get the point of introducing it now it's like it's too late what's done is done And then also another stupid moment, in my opinion, Bella says, okay, so they explain that Renesmee is not venomous. And Bella says, of course, I already knew that Renesmee wasn't venomous. I was the first person she'd bitten. I didn't make this observation aloud as I was feigning memory loss on those recent events. How do you know she wasn't venomous? You literally turned into a vampire right after. That was part of the reason why I was like, does she have pointy teeth or square teeth? Because if she has square teeth, she wouldn't have broken the skin. Like, the the jaw strength of a baby, I don't think is strong enough to break through skin with square baby teeth, you know? Like, it made me think that maybe she had pointy teeth because Bella made a point to say she didn't, uh, venom, she didn't, she didn't insert her venom into me, basically. Right. It doesn't make sense to me either, but it literally does say square teeth, like we said. But then doesn't Bella say that, no, Jacob says he, okay, first of all, Jacob saw that the baby bit Bella. And he said that there was like a crescent mark, which implies pointy teeth. So which is it? There, I think we can all agree. This chapter has some holes in it. Just a few. Okay. Leah is pacing outside, very pissed. I'm honestly kind of surprised she hasn't stormed in and given Bella a piece of her mind. She has no no more words left to say. She's she's seen it all at this point. She doesn't care to see anymore. <laughs> That's so true. Um, okay. As, as Paige mentioned earlier, Seth just kind of falls asleep right then. And then Bella is kind of reflecting on just a few various things. She reflects on the fact that, like, it's actually good that Jacob imprinted on Renesmee because now Sam's pack is like, you know, they have to be nice. (laughs) Be nice is like kind of a weird way of putting it. They cannot attack Renesmee because that's like the number one rule is you can't attack the object of someone's imprinting. So um, they've kind of sort of sorted things out. It's clear that there's still two separate packs, but Sam and Jacob can communicate 
mentally with each other in the wolf form if they choose to. You got anything to add on that? Jacob really got the better end of the stick here because when I'm assuming when him and Sam communicate, it tones out all other communication, that it's just them communicating, which means that the only time, the, the only moment that Sam has a break from the other like 20 thoughts that are cacophony in his fucking brain is when he's talking with Jacob, whereas Jacob only has two members of his pack. So it's really not that loud. Two is too many. I would hate to have thoughts in my head all the time. I don't even like my own thoughts in my head sometimes. <laughs> no thoughts head empty is the way to go. I also have to point out a line that I hate so much, and if I had to read it, so do you, listeners. They hadn't found all this out until Jacob had gone alone over Seth's and Leah's objections to explain to Sam about Renesme. It was the only time he'd left Renesme since first laying eyes on her. Get alive! And also, you have a dad in a wheelchair! As if this baby is not the safest fucking baby on the planet right now. <sighs> that enraged me. Get a hobby. We This was a, a sentiment that we pointed out in Twilight. I'm bringing it back around to Breaking Dawn. If your life is only revolving and deals with the life of someone else, i.e. their life is now your life, that's not healthy. I don't care if it's outside of your, your, you can't control it. I don't care. It's not healthy. Go see a therapist. Retweet. I know that's fucking right. On the same note, in a couple pages, or maybe, yes, even like the next page, Bella is talking about Charlie, and she thinks that they'll need to leave for a while so that Charlie doesn't come to investigate and see that she's, alive like they if she doesn't want to fake dead for charlie then they're gonna have to leave and say she's being treated for her illness somewhere else so she says you know like what is that gonna do to jacob because obviously they're gonna bring their child along and she says had sam or jared or quill ever gone a whole day without seeing the objects of their fixations fixation okay could they what would the separation from renesme do to jacob would it cause him pain that's toxic also, she's a baby. Also, I hate this, but why can't he come along? There's nothing stopping him. When I read this part, I was like, there's absolutely no way he's not going to. Like, th they could try left and right to, to stop him, but he's going to. Like, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, Bella. You're not going to have any control over this. Like, he's also stubborn, and he's in love with your three-day-old baby. She's never getting rid of him. Mm-mm. What I wanted to say, this part was unbelievable for me to read from a mortician point of view. I, like, Stephanie, I mean, I'm not blaming her. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in the death care industry that you don't know about unless you, like, deal with it. But, like, the paperwork that's involved to fake your own death? I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. In in this little town of Forks, Washington, I'm imagining the the local funeral home trying to deal with this situation. It just is unrealistic to me. That's a good point because I feel like they probably have all done it though. At some point, they probably ha well, maybe not. You could you could just disappear in the 20s. You could probably do it up until like the 50s. You could probably do it. Yeah, and they all were, like, perceived dead. Like, they wouldn't have to. Right. And, like, like the thing is, is that, like, sure, I guess they could just buy a casket and have a funeral, like, at their house and not go through a funeral home. So I'm going to explain how it kind of works in Colorado. It's probably different in each state, but I'm assuming... It's not too different. I'm assuming things are similar. So when someone dies, you have to report it to usually like you have to call the police if it's kind of unexpected. But when someone dies, you it has to be known to various parties. And then 
various parties will facilitate you getting into contact with the funeral home. And then the funeral home is responsible for filling out the death certificate, which is where you find out cause of death and all of that jazz. It's a whole paperwork process through the state where the person died. A lot of things are documented. You have to report it. And especially if it's a young person, the coroner is going to be involved. If a young person dies, they will, I would like nine out of 10 times say that they're going to go to the coroner. They're going to have an autopsy and find out why the person died. And then that's going to go on the death certificate. But here's the thing. So it's a small town, as if word isn't going to get the fuck around that Bella Swan is dead and here in Forks. Like, people are going to find out about that. Authorities are going to find out about that. Charlie's going to want to, Charlie's going to want to see a copy of that death certificate. Are you kidding me? It's going to have to go through the, it's going to have to go through the social security system. You're going to have, like, this is unrealistic, Bella. I'm sorry. But it, Stephanie, it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good that Bella clearly doesn't want to go that direction. Yes. Then comes the worry about what is happening with with Renesmee. And it's clear that everyone is stressed about it because she's obviously growing at way too fast of a rate. I feel like on page 461, Bella sums it up pretty well. She had matured from a single cell to a normal-sized baby in the course of a few weeks. She looked well on her way to being a toddler just days after her birth. If this rate of growth held, dot, 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 my vampire mind had no trouble with the math. What do we do? I whispered, horrified. I don't really get why it's a huge problem. I feel like Bella is envisioning that she will be old before too long and then die like I feel like she's seeing this as her like life cycle I okay that's valid that is completely valid I've never seen Benjamin Button but I feel like maybe that could relate I don't know (laughs) I that maybe I don't know about that (laughs) I'm just trying to use a metaphor I don't know I'm also glad that you read this particular line because I had a note of literally about this line where where it says she looked well on her way to being a toddler just days after her birth. If this rate of if this rate of growth held dot dot dot, my vampire mind had no trouble with the math. It seems like a very easy placeholder for someone who can't do the math. There is a famous uh, office quote where um, Mindy Kaling's character uh, Kelly she does this training program um, through Yale, very much like your Cornell program. And she's like, guys, I did my training program and I'm like way smart now. You can ask me anything. You could say, hey, Kelly, what's the most, what's the biggest business there is? And I would say, blah, 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 giving you the correct answer. And it's like, that's what this is to me. Like, she's like, I did the math super easy. Don't worry. I got it right. But then she doesn't say what the math is. (laughs) Yes, totally. That's so relatable. The way, the direction I thought you were going to go in is to say like, my human mind doesn't know that math because that's how I feel. No, I mean, I agree. Like, I'm I'm with Stephanie, but I'm like, you could have just left that part out. To me, this is, like, obvious that you don't know the math. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I do think it's very realistic and relatable how worried everyone is. Having witnessed my sister have her first child um, less than three years ago, like, it's just... It seems like everything is like, because you just don't know, like some babies die when they're babies and you just don't know if like something is not a big deal at all, or if it's like a huge deal that's like going to affect her her whole life. And so like, imagine that feeling, but then you like, you're like, we don't understand and we have no one to go to. Like even Carlisle can't help them because they don't even know what she is. Yeah, it's it's completely valid. Just the the vagueness of everything, the not knowing and not being able to know until it happens. Like you have no control over that. What is is. And that's that. Very stressful. That that's my least favorite type of thing because I love to control situations. Yes, ma'am. I like to overthink. <laughs> what a dynamic duo, am I right? 
Yin and Yang. <laughs> I want to be a Yang. I'll be Yin. I feel like that fits. So, after this whole thing where Carlisle, which apparently, what did they say? He does it four times a day? Yeah. yeah. So, after that, um, Bella and Renesme finally have, like, the closest thing they can have to a private moment um, where Bella just gets to hold her and she's telling her all about her day, all about Jacob. They have that minor freak out where she's thinking about drinking blood and everyone's like, <gasps> And then Bella's like, what? Y'all hear something? This this is actually the part that I was referencing earlier, where she's remembering drinking blood, and then, like, Jasper, like, grabs her, and then everyone's like, like, ah. And I'm like, what is Renesmee doing right now? Like, who's, who's holding her? Is she being jostled from arm to arm? I just want her to be safe. She's literally, like, a hot potato. <laughs> I what what is her her brain developing into like just seeing all of these things experiencing all these things it's a mystery I guess we'll find out yeah um okay so they realize that Bella's completely in control so they give Renesmee back to her and that's when Jasper has his meltdown I'll just read a little bit of it and then you can tell me what your thoughts were I can't understand Jasper said I can't bear this I watched in surprise as Jasper strode out the back door. Liam moved to give him a wide margin of space as he paced to the river and then launched himself over it in one bound. Skipping ahead a little bit. He'll be back, Edward said. Whether to me or Inesme, I wasn't sure. He just needs a moment alone to readjust his perspective on life. There was a grin threatening at the corners of his mouth. Another human memory, Edward telling me that Jasper would feel better about himself if I, quote, had a hard time adjusting, end quote, to being a vampire. This was in the context of a discussion of how, about how many people I would kill in my first newborn year. Is he mad at me? I asked quietly. Ed, Edward's eyes widened. No, why would he be? Um, skipping ahead a little bit, this is Edward talking. He's wondering if the newborn madness is really as difficult as we've always thought, or if, with the right focus and attitude, anyone could do as well as Bella. Even now, perhaps he only has such difficulty because he believes it's natural and unavoidable. Maybe if he expected more of himself, he would rise to those expectations. You're making him question a lot of deep-rooted assumptions, Bella. I, I mean, I can totally see where Jasper's coming from. I mean, this is his area of expertise is newborns so if you've been doing something for like 50 plus years well he's been doing it far longer than that I mean hundreds of years but he's the newest one isn't he no well the civil war was like the 1860s right he's the newest vegetarian that's what it is yeah so if you've been doing you know, if you've been doing this for like hundreds of years and it's been going the exact same way every time, of course you would think the data conclusively shows that this is the way things are. So to have your world completely rocked like that, I can understand his his frustration. To me, though, I would want to see another example of it. I would want to see I would want to see it repeated before I'm like, I'm the outlier. No, I think like Bella's the outlier here. I mean, sure, like maybe maybe it is if you really put this strength and fortitude and willpower behind it. Sure, it's possible. But like, how are any of the new like like take the the Brie Tanner situation. How would any of those vampires know that the vegetarian diet is like you can survive with that? Like this thing that Carlisle is doing is a very foreign concept to all of the other vampires. Like everyone who encounters them is like, I can't understand it. I don't get why you're doing it. So like, I don't, I don't knock any of them for not knowing or like not having the willpower because how would they know, you know? So like, I just, I, I want to give Jasper, like, I want to like pat him on the back and be like, Hey, don't be too tough on yourself. Like how I would have been in the exact same shoes as you. I would have been, I would have thought that it's not possible, you know, with all of the other data you've gotten, this would be the logical conclusion. So I get why he's upset, but I don't think that he deserves to be this upset. I agree. And also it's like, we already knew that Bella is a freak of nature. Okay. We already knew. 
It's true. Bella's one stubborn cookie, and when it comes to satiating her lover, Edward, she'll do anything. Ew. <laughs> I hated that. <sighs> okay, so then this is when they speculate, and by they I mean Edward and Carlisle and Alice. Oh, no, sorry, Rosalie speculate about whether this is Bella's gift. And I love that she's like, I don't care. And just goes and does her own thing. I like that she thinks like, uh, I kind of thought I was going to get like lasers for eyes or something. I know it's such a teenager thing to say. (laughs) (sighs) I love it. Um, But she does briefly acknowledge that if this is her superpower, then hopefully she could see Charlie sooner rather than later, but she also can't see him with her crazy red eyes yeah that's true okay so Renesme keeps quote-unquote telling Bella about her day and then she falls asleep and Bella watches her dreams which is cute this moment made me wonder if Renesme can choose like when to share or is it just any time her hand is touching someone's face Um, But I looked it up, and I I think in this case she can't choose because she's not, like, conscious to control it. But according to several sources, one of which was Reddit, she is able to choose. Like, she doesn't have to always use it. Her gift, I mean. It's interesting because not everyone has that control. Like, Edward, Edward can, like, focus or hone like hone in on something particular but it seems like like in the cafeteria it seems like there's a lot of sound going on in his head and Alice like has no control over her visions they just come to her so it's interesting to see that some people do have that control yeah it is and I don't think Arrow I don't know if it's ever been said but I don't think he has that control either like I think he can just read minds by touching someone Yeah, it seems like, I mean, the only time he's ever touching people, he's reading their minds. So perhaps he's he's known about this ability for so long that he only reserves physical touch for that purpose, you know, because and all the times I've read about him touching someone, it's for to see their their memories and their thoughts and all that. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to be lewd because I know he's like papery and oniony. But I feel like back in the day, Arrow could have had some great sex because he could always just know what he was or was not doing right, you know? That's true. That is true. Um, it seems like vampires are just, like, incredible, amazing in bed from what from the description that we've gotten in this book. So, you know, I'm sure he was a stud muffin as well. I'm going to turn the tables on you and say... <laughs> I need more data. I need more examples. (laughs) Reddit, we're asking you. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, so while Bella is kind of standing there watching Renesme dream, Alice and Emmett and Esme come back, and Jasper. Um, The other three were hunting, so they returned from their little hunting trip. And of course... Very true to character. Alice comes skipping into the room and she has a brass key with an oversized pink satin bow tied around it. And she gives it to Bella and informs her that it is her actual human 19th birthday. So, we know how much Bella loves birthdays. So I'm so excited to see how much she enjoys this one. Do you think every year after when she's a vampire that they throw some kind of like joke birthday celebration to make fun of her and Jasper. I feel like Emmett wants to and Alice wants to, but they won't let them because they're too offended. Yeah. Alice is like, it's too soon, but give it 50 years. (laughs) True. Okay. That's the end of the chapter. Did you have anything else? I have one note. I'm going to I'm going to read the note. So it's when Jasper has stormed out and Ed, Edward is explaining what's happening at the bottom of page 465. He's wondering if the newborn madness is really as difficult as we've always thought or if with the right focus and attitude. I you've already read this. I'm going to just skip ahead. Um 
Maybe if he expected more of himself, he would rise to those expectations. You're making him question a lot of deep-rooted assumptions. Great. I feel like the next deep-rooted assumption we should work on is our opinion of Black people. Just a thought. I'm about to hit the hardest. I know that's right in my entire life. That is such a great point. Thank you. I I just, I read that and I was like, I feel like this isn't the only one that Jasper might have. Yeah, let's dig a little farther. (laughs) Really uncover those roots. (laughs) And then replant somewhere else. Amen. All right. Um, So that's the end of those two chapters. We got another two for next week. Um, chapters 24 and 25 surprise and favor what are your predictions Paige so surprise I feel like it's got to be her birthday gifts which to me I feel like is going to be her room or maybe like the baby room because a brass key to me isn't like a car key it's like a house key you know yes totally However, it's more on brand, Cullen-wise, to give cars as gifts. So if it is a car, I could see it being realistic. So I really think it's going to be either her room or maybe like a nursery room combo sort of a thing. And it's just going to be maybe her just enjoying the thought of domesticity. Perhaps Jacob is going to surprise her with something. Maybe. We'll see. That could be something coming. Perhaps her family. Who knows? Favor. To me, it's either like party favor or can you do me a favor? And I think it's going to be, can you do me a favor? Um, Who needs the favor done? I think it's going to be Bella. Perhaps she's going to try and like get some kind of communication out to her dad. Or I I think she's going to ask Jacob for help. I think she's going to ask him to do her a favor. What that favor is. I'm not sure, but I could see it being like, you gotta, you gotta let Charlie know that I'm okay because there's no way we're going to leave this book without seeing Charlie again. There's no way. And if they're, if, if I'm wrong and we're not seeing Charlie again, well, guess what? It's over. I'm done. Well, it would already be over because the book would be over. I'm demanding a refund from the Stephanie Meyer Foundation. (laughs) Okay. I support that. Awesome. Yeah. We're just plugging and chugging. I'm breaking down, people. Ah, okay. Well, I guess it's my week to do socials, huh? It is. All right. Well, we got some, We I feel like this week we did get some nice messages from various um, medias, I guess, various outlets, and we've appreciated that. Let's keep it coming. We've only have like a, some of the book left. So like, this is your chance to send your last messages in. You know, it's we still got a ways, but keep it in mind. Yes, because after we finish this podcast slash book, I will be murdering Paige. <laughs> I will be a dead person. You're just going to have to come to terms with that, folks. <laughs> you can't message her after that. Yeah, sorry. I'm deleting all social media. I'm actually becoming Amish. Uh, so that's it tempts me more and more every day. It does not tempt me. <laughs> Maybe it's just that I just want to churn butter. I have a friend who is an ex-Amish man, and he told me that churning butter is a woman's duty. So if you want to, it seems up your alley as a woman. All right. Good to know. Please continue. <laughs> you could message us on Instagram and on Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Tweet us while you can. I've heard that Twitter is coming to a fiery, crumbling halt. So if you want to tweet at us, you can find us on Twitter at TaftPod. We don't have our blue check mark yet, but if anyone sends us $8 on the Patreon, we'll get one. Um, if you want to shoot us an email, you can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. And as mentioned before, if you'd like to donate $8 to our Patreon, you can find that at www.patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And please, as always, check out the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. You can find out more, donate, and just read about a great cause at www.mthg.org. Beautiful. Thank you, Paige. I'm still stuck on the idea of 
us needing a blue check mark as if anyone would make a fake Taft account and tweet from it. I think we have like 29 followers. Oh, we can we can tweet some things that cause our our stonks and the stonk market to come like crashing into the ground, and then we can apologize and be like, sorry for the misinformation that got spread from the false Taft account. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Paige, give them some nice parting words. This is something serious and something that I stand by. I want you all to take these words to heart. This message, if it found its way to you, is meant for you. So take this information and do with it what you will. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Okay, but eyes and ears, mouth and nose. Head, Shoulders, knees, and toes. I'm done with you. (laughs) She got herself good with that one, folks. We'll see you next week for chapters 24 and 25 of Breaking Dawn. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6. And that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram.